0: about the biggest challenges and obstacles we face as a leader when building a team. Patrick Tui, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Great. Hi, John. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to
0: talk with you and your audience. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. It was fun getting to chat and get to know you a little bit in the pre-interview. You are in the Midwest. I spent a lot of time in the Midwest, Uh, Right now, listeners, I think, know I'm south of Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, So we're slightly different locations, but I'm sure you're dealing with cold winter. We're dealing with cold winter. Good times as we uh, all get to experience uh, these winter months. And I'm looking forward to spring already. Today, we're going to be focusing on building teams. And we're going to talk about the biggest challenges and obstacles we face as a leader when we're trying to build and maintain and sustain a really dynamic, effective team that's high performing. And this brings in a lot of different aspects that we'll explore in our time together today. Uh, among those, we're going to talk a little bit about ethical decision making and, and the type of values and, and morals and ethics um, that we bring to the table from our perspective uh, that sometimes will we'll very seriously influence the way teams uh The team dynamic and how they run uh, with each other and and how we lead an organization. Uh, So I think that will be super interesting. And with your background, uh, working with athletic teams, as I'll share in your bio here in just a moment, um, as well as in more of a corporate setting, I think it'll be super interesting to just hear about uh, how we can Drive more effective teams in a variety of different contexts. As we get started, I wanted to share Patrick's bio with everybody. Patrick Tuey is the president at Elite Performance 2E LLC uh, and coach basketball at the high school and college levels. Continuing the work of his late brother, Hall of Fame basketball coach Kevin Tuey, Patrick offers workshops to athletic programs and corporations to build a culture fueled by passion, integrity, compassion, empathy, selflessness, trust honesty, all anchored through the connections and relationships between teammates or co-workers. And I love that. I love the passion, integrity, compassion, empathy, selflessness, trust, and honesty. What important vital values that we need today. Uh, and I'm excited to unpack all of that and talk about that with you. Uh, before we get started further with the conversation, anything else you would like to share with the listeners by way of your background or personal context? Yeah, John, thanks. I, I really... What I'm excited about is this
1: idea that my experience around working with athletic teams and also my experience in the corporate world and owning my own business for a number of years and having to you know, put together a team of people that would allow us to have the best possible way of succeeding based on certain principles and values and connections. But as, as importantly, holding a position at a at a larger corporation. And this idea of of family connections in respect to smaller businesses and and all these values you speak of, and, and how do we bring that into a larger corporate environment? How do we become more intimate and connected to each other in those arenas so that you know this passion is is something that can be created time and time again through the teachings and lessons. So I guess what I want to try to say here is that drawing from my coaching career, drawing from a small business entrepreneur and being in the corporate world, there's a very much a diversification and mix of what I've experienced and what I'm seeing generationally that draws challenges in respect to who we are uh, in a corporation and how we're leading people and how you know we keep good, strong People who are of high integrity, all of those things you talked about, uh, and keeping that best talent. I mean, it's it's definitely something that requires a different set of skill sets as a leader that I've been able to observe. So I, I get excited about the work. I'm very passionate about the work. You know, there's a lot of challenge. There's a lot of discomfort. But hey, if you're not if you're not
0: in discomfort, you're not growing. So um, that's right. That's right. I love I love it. Um, so so that's really a wonderful framing. And again, I I appreciate, you know, your, your coaching background, um, in the high school and college level, which, you know, that's not an easy thing to do in and of itself. And most people never, even people who spend a lot of time, uh, and effort coaching, never coach at the college level. So, so (laughs) that's tremendous. Um, But yeah, the the corporate piece as well, because there's so many lessons. And I think we all know, maybe it's a little cliche, but we all know those super motivational um, sports movies that just get you pumped up and fired up. And there's so many lessons that can be taken from a sporting kind of an environment and be applied in really interesting, practical ways in an organizational setting with, you know, say a team of coders or, you know, just uh, white collar people or blue collar people doing their work, the same principles tend to apply. um, And so we don't need to just leave it for the, the inspirational sports movies. We can actually create inspirational teams at work as well. Absolutely, John,
1: you're spot on and it it can be done and I've seen it done and I've seen it work. And, and so I'm, I'm happy, you know, it's all interesting. I'm happy about the idea of Uh, corporate leaders, corporations, and and for that matter, athletic teams that are allowing themselves to be open to some intrinsic emotions, some intrinsic um, connections that maybe didn't have room in a place where outcomes mattered most, where skill mattered most, where performance mattered most and bringing the desired results that there's this, I don't want to say everyone, but in general, this idea of quote unquote, you know, these very soft things that you want to introduce into the equation and the experience really aren't a place. This isn't a place for that because there's too much work
0: that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And so there's tons of really positive things we can focus on uh, in terms of principles and characteristics of dynamic, high-performing, inspiring teams. Um, and, And we've seen those movies and, you know, hopefully listeners have been even experienced some of that in their own work life. Um, yep. But we also have the negative side. We have the flip side of the coin and those challenges and obstacles that organizations face. And I don't mean to say this is strictly negative uh, right. because as we observe obstacles and challenges, they actually become those stepping stones toward in learning opportunities for growth. Um, so I want to start there. And I want to talk about some of the biggest challenges and obstacles that you've seen uh, teams experience and leaders trying to help their teams navigate? Uh, yeah. And then we can start to get into like, how do we actually start to counteract those things and move forward in a positive direction? Yeah. So the biggest challenges that I see is
1: some of it is just the cultural mindset of what we have worked in over a long, long period of time. And what I mean by that, John is, and I had a good friend of mine who, who's, who's a life coach Explained to me that, you know, we, we in, in a very, you know, successful way, uh, we as a, a culture operated in what's called, a, you know, an industrial age mindset. Um, you know, here's your task, do it well, get it done well, go to your cubicle, perform, get the results, don't do a lot of talking because you got a lot of work to do, and so on and so forth. And that worked very well for a long time. And when you move forward and it's already beginning to change, but it will be asking us to do it at, a, at an extended uh, increased volume is, we're in an age of, of, of co-creating and collaboration. And that doesn't mean everybody has a say, but it has a place to be able to generate an environment that creates a lot of interest and passion uh, for those people that are working for that organization, and if there's a, and if there's a focused balance on how to execute that, you're going to be able to get a lot of passion and excitement from your employees. So here's here's the challenges that I see. the The contradiction to it all in respect to yes, that's the new demand, but how are we witnessing and what are we seeing from the individuals and what they're learning along the way in order to be able to support this environment that these younger generations of future people are asking for. Well, guess what, John? The challenges I see are individualism, okay? In respect to what many of us are learning along the way is, you know, how do I get ahead? How do I bring attention to myself? How do I take actions and steps that are going to bring me advancement or more pay and all of these other things? And I don't want to be totally negative about that, but it but it begins to uh, bring in this internalization that I think more of myself than I do of any of of anyone else. Um, There's also the challenges that I see every day whether it be in the athletic field or the corporate field, of this sense of not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings, not wanting to say the hard things that might need to be heard in order to put at risk that I might not be part of the group or that I will have people who are upset with me. You know, John, one of the things that I've learned along the way and that I know is one of the basic strongest human desires is this sense of belonging and however when i see teams interacting that are afraid to have those conversations we can try to determine you know what are what is that all about but when you peel it all the way john it truly is this sense of not being ostracized that i want to belong so i'm better off saying nothing than I am in respect to upsetting the apple cart. Um, the other thing that is lacking, um, you know, it's, it's, it's due to tech, technology, is this, this idea of connecting with humans in a, in a form of communication that ties emotions to it. There's nothing you can do from a technology perspective in the form of communication, whether it be texting social media outlets whatever and they all play its purpose you know they all have their positivities to it but at the end of the day you know when you're when you're communicating in that way there there is no substitution of having the ability and the capacity to learn it's a learned skill john as you know it's it's a learned skill to stand across from someone who's communicating and not only hear what's coming out of their words but what, what is their body language? What, 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 is, what is the emotion that they're, they're putting out while they're having that discussion with you that, that brings up things that, that as a leader, you would want to pay real close attention to in order to say, my connection to this person becomes so much more meaningful. And there's this idea of building trust because emotionally, there's things that are happening in a face-to-face conversation or being in a room together that is missing when I'm doing it from a virtual perspective. And what I will say to you, John, is this, virtual relationships are not going to go away. And as we've been through COVID and people go through hybrid, and I know in our corporation, we've gone through developing what we call hybrid positions of three days in the office, two days out or three days out of the office, two days in, you know, how are we building those teams? How are we connecting in respect to that? And so, you know, there's going to be challenges from all of us to be able to, to be able to replicate in some way, the best we can, that human interaction that's more, you know, emotional. The other thing is empathetic listening. We don't have people that listen very well, John. Um, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a missing skill set that really has to do with being, you know, I hate to use this word, but it's about being self-absorbed in this mm-hmm. idea, this idea of ego. Yeah. Um, I have something to say that's more important than what you're saying. I'm already formulating my communication and really not listening very well. Um, it's, it's really, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. Uh, so this skill set of saying, you know, how do we become empathetic listeners and how many people even know what empathetic, empathetic listening means, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, so, you know, these are, these are the things that, that are, are challenges. And I want to just mention the biggest one, it's fear of failing, mm-hmm. fear of not doing it perfectly fear of disappointing. And I believe a lot of that is because, and I don't, you know, again, I'm not blaming anybody, but culturally through, through generations, we're developing people along the way who've been protected by many of those things. And so they don't learn the intrinsic skill sets that when they're, when they're faced with those things independently as an adult, as a young adult, and they're having to find their way through failing, find their way through not doing it exactly right, find their way through having a, having a very difficult conversation or being disappointed. John, you can imagine when you're trying to, as an adult, work through that, how much more intense it might feel because you had no practice along the way.
0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy, courses, micro credentials and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. So much there that you just said that we could unpack. Um, I'm just going to pick out a few things um, that I I think are worth really digging into a little bit deeper. Um, And and I think they're all related too. You just mentioned a bunch of things that I think are integrated in with each other. And I think that fear um, element that you just talked about, I think that actually feeds into a lot of the individualism and the self-absorption and self-centeredness that we experience uh, because we're so fearful and insecure about looking dumb, about um, yeah. being vulnerable, messing up, and then having someone use that against us, right? And that, yeah. that fear, that fosters self-absorption. If, if I'm fearful about those things, that means I'm only focused about what's impacting me, right? Yeah. And, and so when we're hyper-individualistic and we, you know, in Western society, we tend to be fairly individualistic. When we're <laughs> hyper-individualistic, yeah. Um, we're, we're not as open to being vulnerable with those around us. And when, when we're not as vulnerable or willing to be a little bit vulnerable, a, a little bit willing to try things that don't work and to fail even, then from a team perspective, my goodness you're never going to be able to coalesce around each other to support each other and to work through things together because it's just, it's instead of a team of five people, you know, on that basketball court, for example, you just have, you know, five individuals all trying to, you know, position themselves for their next contract or whatever. And and that focus actually the, the, it's a bit counterintuitive, but it's the reality that when we're hyper-focused on our own performance Yes. Our own our own performance will go down <laughs> when we're focused on team performance and helping lift up and build those around us. A, a rising tide lifts all ships, and our performance will get better. And so it's 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 like getting past the fear, the insecurities, and willing to be a little bit more um, vulnerable with those around us, and showing compassion and empathy towards those around us who are also being vulnerable towards us and active listening, like you were saying, and empathetic listening, that's when you start to really create dynamic relationships and connections. Also, like you mentioned, and those connections are what's going to feed teams when there's going through the hard things that every team has to face.
1: Yeah, absolutely, John. And, and it also feeds into the fact that when we operate in that fashion, as we achieve and as we, um, uh, as we're able to reach our goals, you know, how many times have you heard, John, someone express once they get there, is that all there is to it? Because when you're, when you're in it for yourself and when you're driven to be self-absorbed, and I agree with you hundred percent in respect to what fear will do in that regard, you know, you, you achieve all these things along the way. And when you're doing it alone, when you get to the ultimate goal, it really is a very like, is this all there is to it? And when we're when we're involving others, when we're helping others succeed, when we're helping others to become the best version of selves, there's this obviously human interaction that brings all of those joys and and feelings that we've talked about in the experience. And so you realize and begin to understand that, that's that's where the joy comes from that that's and then when you get to the end goal there's a whole bunch of you celebrating together because you helped each other through the difficult times the hardships the easy times the joyful times because everything was done as a as a knowing that you're bigger than something other than yourself and that there are that there the importance of of, of having inclusion and connections with others and how it changes that experiences, you know, completely. And and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. I, I, I say many times that we've become way too laser focused on the extrinsic development and nowhere near enough time on the intrinsic development. And if we don't introduce it into the equation with intention, with intention to teach these things, you know, you talk about trust. And I just want to say, you know, one thing about that, you know, I've read it many times. I've, I've, I've listened to experts in the field, John, and they just continue to reinforce that vulnerability is one of the most superpowers to build trust I talked in front of a corporation the other day and their biggest issue is trust. And, and, and John, it's, it's, you, you go talk to the people out, out in the room when you, when I was done speaking and how afraid they are to say things that they would love to say that they believe would empower the corporation or empower the athletic team, but they won't say it because they don't trust what will happen to them if they do. And you have all of the, can you imagine that, John? You have all of these wonderful potential ideas that can be put on the table. But everybody's holding back because they're afraid of the repercussions if it isn't in line with what the leadership has implemented, the plan of action, the strategy, what they think is the best way to go about it. Because I'm afraid it might even mean I'm insubordinate. I mean, and and this is this is the real
0: fear that these people have. And yeah, I, I see it all the time, and it's it's so counterproductive. It's toxic when you when you have that kind of an environment where there's no psychological safety, nobody is willing to speak up or speak out. And, and challenge, and, and just share a different point of view, a different perspective. It's not even about challenging; it's it's just about sharing. And I've seen that so often. And like you said, without trust, that's the foundation of everything. No doubt, <laughs> that's the foundation of every meaningful relationship you're going to have in any walk of life, any aspect, and certainly in teams in the workplace. If you don't have trust it quickly devolves into this political game of every man for himself or herself. And people are just looking out for number one. And that is toxic. And you, ultimately that's not going to produce great sustainable outcomes for anybody. Yeah.
1: You know, and how, I mean, it's, it doesn't apply across the board, but in reality, how boring is it showing up every day saying this is all I'm supposed to do. And this is all I'm going to do. And no one really cares about maybe some of the ideas I have or some of the thoughts I have, or I don't hold a high enough level position to be even able to have some input or some ideas or suggestions. And I mean, to me, if I did that every day, John, I I don't know, at some point, I would just like say, this is really very, boring. I'm not happy. I need to pay my bills and I need to take care of my family. And that's what drives me to come here every day. But if you were to ask me, am I really enjoying what I'm doing? The answer probably most of the time from what I hear is no, it feels like a burden. Okay. So let's take that a step further, John. Let's say, your job isn't going to change because each of the jobs that we have and everybody plugged into where they're plugged in, there's a necessity for the whole to succeed. So it's not like I'm going to be able to change what you're doing right now because it's a vital part, but how much of a value do you feel in that part of your contribution that you're making? How is leadership and your coworkers and in athletics, your teammates, taking time to show some very significant appreciation for this task that you're doing so that you know that everyone else around you has this high esteem of value of who you are in the whole and what you're contributing as a person. And even more importantly, how do we take time to really connect to each other at a personal level? How, How do we include you in respect to making it, making you totally understand that this is, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but but that that you're part of this family that we've created. And all of a sudden, the, the, the person that's at the front desk greeting people, the person who's cleaning the, you know, computer room every day, who has that kind of attention, you know, the lesson I learned a long, long time ago, as a trainee. It was my first job. And I was training to be an, an underwriter for an insurance company, John. Very successful, very large insurance company. The, tra- the people in training happened to be on the same floor as the CEO. This guy didn't have to give us the time of day. Every single day, he walked past the training center where there'd be 10 or 12 of us. And he took time to talk to each and every one. of well, How's your family doing? You interested in what some of the things you do outside of work? Um, how, 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 any stressors you're feeling? I mean, and in a, that, you know, here's the other thing, John, the authenticity in which he asked those questions. And when he would leave, I would, t- let me tell you something. When he would leave, I'd get down to my work and say, Man, I, I want to become really good at this because I've got somebody who really cares about me and who's really demonstrated that I that I have real value and of, of importance. I mean,
0: and, and well, that si- that signals too. Not only did that interaction, um, that genuine, authentic, caring interaction that you had, it makes you feel good as an individual, but it also signals that if this is what the CEO does this is going to bleed throughout the organization. This is going to be a culture in a a place where I'm going to be able to thrive because everyone cares about each other. Everyone supports each other and everyone wants everyone to succeed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, the, the thing
1: that really interests me, right, is people get very uncomfortable when I talk about the word love. I mean, it's, does love belong in the workplace? Does does love belong on an athletic team? I mean, this really—I mean, do we really have to go there? Well, if I if I were to truly grasp, and it and it, and it, there's no question about it, that love is the most powerful human emotion known to humankind. And I was going to set up a corporation or an athletic team. One of the first things that would go through my mind is, Patrick, if that's true, if love is the most powerful human emotion known to humankind, how do I go about bringing that into this workplace? How how do I go about bringing that into this athletic team? in an actionable way in in a, in a in a way that that reinforces it and teaches it and allows for this environment that's so passionate because the people do love each other if that's john what what, what confuses me is why wouldn't you I know there's many of things you have to do, right? It's not just that. But why wouldn't that be one of the top five things you, want to, you would want to try to implement and make sure that it's part of your culture without being embarrassed by it, without being that this is just not a place for that. This is not a place for us to do. There's too much work to be done. This is where we're getting blindsided. We've got to work, 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 work. We've got to produce, 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 produce. We've got to get outcomes, outcomes, outcomes. We have got to get results, 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 results. Because if we spend time on love, to your point you made earlier, John, it's going to not put us in a position to be ready skillfully, work ethic, concentration, expertise, learning the skill, all those things, it's going to eat into that. And therefore, we're not going to be as sharp as the other companies that are out there who are spending their all their time. I agree with you. You know what? What's what the byproduct of that environment? What the byproduct of love, integrity, honesty, trust, compassion, empathy, you can go down the line. The byproduct is an explosive, passionate group of people.
0: Who will blow right by? You. I love it, Patrick. Uh, this has just been an amazing conversation. We've only scratched the surface. We could go yeah. on. It sounds it sounds like we could talk for hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're welcome back anytime, and we can continue the conversation uh, for today. I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But before yeah. we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, how they can find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, so the way people
0: can get connected to
1: me is my website. It's ElitePerformance2e.com, ElitePerformance, one word, T-O-O-E.com. In respect to the book, you can go to Amazon. You can also go to Barnes & Noble. If you Google Create Forever Teammates, there'll be a number of sites that will come up, uh, book outlets in which you could get access to the book. On my website, though, you can subscribe, you can leave a communication. If you wanted me to do some work for your corporation, for your athletic team, I do work with many clients across the country. Uh, That's a way to get a hold of me and uh, be more than happy to talk to you about the potential of doing that. Uh, The final word I would love, love to say is this I hope that one way or another, if it's one person, if it's one corporation, or if it's one athletic team, then I can motivate and influence to, to, to being a good human being while they're, while they're succeeding at their highest level, that our whole entire world will be in, in, in such a better place. And we owe that to each other because if we don't pay attention and I'm not overreacting and I'm not putting my head in the sand and I'm just telling you, we need this so badly. We need to shift it. We need to know that we've gotten a little bit lost and in some cases, a lot lost. And we need to harness it back in and get back to what what it truly means on this world, why we're here. This beautiful gift of being in a relationship with, with another person and doing it in a way that you can be very proud of. And that is being a
0: good human being. I love it, Patrick. Well said. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Patrick and his team can do for you. Check out the books, check out all the great services and resources. It's just been a pleasure, Patrick. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.